Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can build your dream business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Well, hello, hello, and welcome back. Fancy seeing you here at My Business Playbook. I am really glad to have you here. I'm really glad to be in your ears today. I'm joined by Rowan Dredge. Now, Rowan is a new friend of mine, and really, we met through my sister, who has worked with him a bunch, and she was like, you guys need to become friends, and... So here we are having a podcast. It's such a funny way to meet people because you kind of realize, oh my gosh, like I hope we get along. (laughs) We're recording this, our very first conversation, we're recording it. Anyway, safe to say it was good. We had a good time. So we're going to talk about leadership today. Rowan is, he's kind of like the expert on this. He's developed leaders, cultures, and tribes that work at deep levels of connection and strong levels of execution. He specializes in sustainable and high-performing cultures that specifically help technical experts become people leaders, which is incredible. Now, if you are listening to this and you're thinking, I'm just a small business owner, I'm not a leader. I want to challenge that thought and tell you to listen in anyway, because what Rowan does is he teaches you these practical ways to lead and to communicate with clarity. And I know that you're going to take something out of this. So I encourage you, stick around. You're going to love it no matter where you are in your business. If you have a community online, if you have a team, whether they're freelancers or VAs or, you know, you've got a team of however many people, you are a leader. And I want to encourage you to see yourself that way. And really, we have to learn how to lead. This conversation is incredible. So let's dive in to my chat with the wonderful Rowan Dredge. Rowan, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so looking forward to this conversation. We're talking all things leadership, communication, I, I have no idea where this conversation is going to go, but I know it's going to be good. How are you today? I'm doing really well, Laura. It's uh, a conversation that I I have really been looking forward to having <laughs> because have we, as we've discovered, we've got uh, a number of contacts that we could talk about together for a, a long, long time, a number of shared relationships, which is really exciting. It is so, it's such a small world. It's funny that you start to realize, oh, like, they're connected to this person and this happened. And how this kind of conversation came about was that my sister, Shelly, was like, she kept talking about this Rowan Dredge guy. <laughs> and she was like, yeah. you need to talk to him. He needs to come on the podcast. And then I sent you a voice message being like, my sister thinks you're the best. <laughs> That's <laughs> so right. come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to thank Shelly for that because the truth is not everybody does. So let's just be really clear, uh, you know. My mom and Shelly Johnson, you know, yeah, I've got two good. people on my side. So, Well, I, I guarantee after this episode, you'll have at least at least three, you know, myself included. So Great. we're good. <laughs> I've still got to pay my kids. So Yeah. <laughs> now tell us, you have, uh, like, we're going to be talking leadership. You've been in the game for a long time, but you've just actually shifted your role, shifted what you're doing. So tell us, before we dive into all the tips and strategies and things, tell us about that change. What's what's happening right now? 
Look, thank you. Um, and I've obsessed about leadership for over 30 years and it's something that is a really, really core part of, of what I want to be able to bring to the world. But also, quite honestly, Laura, keep learning about. And uh, just recently, uh, I had a conversation with some friends and they're making some changes in uh, their business and the way they want their business to run. And uh, they, we've been in and out of conversations for a couple of years and they asked me to come on board as the chief executive. And so I uh, talked to my wife about that. We had a look at what that might mean. And when you're a leader, you have a leadership bias, right? You're going, okay, what's the impact? You know, what's the upside? What's the downside? How could, how could this actually do more? And certainly my drive is, a, is around being able to have a, a greater impact. And, and so I think... Uh, it's very clear to me that being the chief executive of Pragmatic Thinking Now actually allows me to have more impact. It allows me to, to extend my own uh, professional reach, but also add value to friends of mine. And so yeah. I am, uh, I'm in my third week of doing that and uh, still working out uh, Dropbox and Calendar and all the other things that are going on uh, because I've got, <laughs> I've got my, my own practice and, and then I've got the new responsibilities and they're being, uh, they're being rolled together. And, and I'm really excited. I think we can do some great work with, uh, with businesses moving forward. Super exciting. And I, I feel like it's a really nice spot for us to have this conversation today because really, I think a lot of our community are running small businesses, small teams, and you've come from a space of, I know you've got years and years of experience, but you've moved out of this, well, not out of, but you've transitioned from solely being the consultant, the like kind of coach role to now being part of a team. What does it really look like for you now moving forward? Are you excited to be part of a team? How does that kind of play out going from this yeah. solo space into this team? It is a change. And I will say that's one of the motivations. In fact, uh, I have been a high school teacher. I have been in not-for-profit leadership. And, you know, that was reasonable in its size. It was 25 staff and multi-million dollar budgets. Uh, and then I've run my own what we call practice. It's lean, it's agile. You're typically on your own when it comes to ideating, selling, delivering. And so my staff are all virtual in my, in my practice. And our current team at the moment is about seven uh, at, uh, at Pragmatic. And uh, I'm excited because my nature loves to do things with people. In fact, for a couple of yeah. years, I've uh, worked with a business partner, Mike, and we're both extroverts and we, we found working together was just better for both of us. So I am deliriously happy <laughs> that I get to turn up to work with really great people and have those out loud conversations. I think you and I are really similar in the sense that we both process <laughs> things out loud verbally yes. and people listen yes. to what we say and they think we've just made a promise or we've made a commitment and we haven't. We're just saying something. And uh, <laughs> that's how um, I listened to some of your podcasts. So I heard you uh, I heard you share some of these, uh, these things. I go, yep, that's me. Oh, oh yeah, gosh. I understand that. <laughs> so I... Part of the motivation, Laura, is putting myself in the environment where I can give more and get more and offer yeah. more. And I'm really delighted about that. Yeah. And it it seems like in the age that we're in of solopreneurs and, and people just kind of running their online businesses from wherever the heck they are, I do feel like there is this loneliness that you can have as, as an entrepreneur that is, you know, it's not like – 
you can just talk to anyone about, oh, running a business is like this and I was stressed about this this week. Like it's a different playing field to even your friends who have, you know, careers where they're employed. It's kind of a, it, it can feel quite different. So I feel like having that um, community is such a, such a game changer. Now, I really want to talk to you about leadership and, and generally, Rowan, full disclaimer here, uh, I treat these as like a consult for myself. <laughs> so I'm just- <laughs> Free education. <laughs> it's free education. Yes, yes, I understand. <laughs> so I'm just going to ask you some of the questions that I have personally. It's really funny because my team uh, listened to the episode before it goes out and honestly- like one of one of the girls said to me the other day, she's like, Laura, I know that you're struggling with this thing because I heard you say it on the podcast. And I was like, damn it, she knows. Like, <laughs> So this is a consult. Yeah, We're just kind you of- You forget, don't you? You forget <laughs> that you're sending this out to thousands of people and there's all this disclosure that goes on and you think, hang on, did I just say that? Is that, is my mother-in-law going to hear that? You know, like, oh, I got, oh, oh no. totally. <laughs> totally. You kind of do forget. But anyway, this is a safe space. Um, Kim, you if you're listening, I, I love your work. So one thing, you know, we're going to talk about leadership. And one thing I love about your approach, you have you have your podcast, you have a bunch of really cool content, but you talk about being becoming a leader worth following and building a culture worth reproducing, which I feel like is such a powerful kind of tagline or statement about your business. What do you think are the key characteristics of a good leader? And conversely, what are the characteristics of a bad leader or maybe a poor performing leader? Yeah, wow. Um, I mean, that's a, that can be a very long answer. Let's start mm. there because a lot of it is uh, contextual in the sense that, uh, for example, if, if you're a leader and you're in a crisis, then you're doing a lot of direction giving. And uh, you're doing a lot of telling and not a lot of asking. If you're a leader and you're entirely virtual right now, you are working really, really hard to maintain connectivity between team members who haven't seen each other for two years and perhaps team members that have never met in person. So when we talk about you know, good leader and bad leader, it's, it's difficult in the sense that it's contextual and, subject, and, and subjective and... When you ask someone to describe a leader that had an impact on their lives, write their name down. So, okay, this is a leader that had an impact on their lives. And then you say to them, what was it about them that had that kind of an impact on what, what characterized them? What, what's the memory or the narrative that you have around that person's behavior? It's almost never skill. It's never that they were super talented. It's never that they were really good at. It was more, this is how they made us feel. This is the way that they were present. This is the way that they conducted themselves in the good times, in the bad times. This is how they handled the successes and the failures. This is what they did when our team was winning. This is what they did when our team was under stress or duress. And it's more those spirit or atmospheric or character-related related skills that people reflect on when it comes to what it was like being led by someone. And 
I think we forget that and it's especially hard to forget that in the environment that we're living in, which is essentially the future of work is hybrid and uh, in in my view, and we've got to be able to make sure that we're leading with that real sense of humanity. We're leading with that real sense of honesty and authenticity and being present and uh, also being able to navigate together the rhythms and rituals to get the job done. And that's a true tension for a leader. But I think the leaders you remember and the leader that, that I aspire to be, Laura, is... I want to be somebody that elevates people around them. I want to be somebody that mm. says, I actually became better because Rowan was in my world or I went to this program, I did this experience. That's that's the uh, inspiration from my perspective. The flip side yeah. of that is I think a bad leader is a leader that's entirely unaware of their negative impact on others. And yeah. they, they just blunder along. And I'll talk more about the priority of self-awareness, but they just blunder along impacting other people and not knowing what they're doing or why they're doing it. And so people just roll along and you've got staff departures and low engagement scores and all the other things that happen. And they go, well, you know, we probably don't need them anyway. And they, they don't, they always look out the window, but never in the mirror. And I think that's the challenge. And the work that we do uh, at, uh, at PT and the work that we're rolling up together is largely helping leaders look at the problems that are happening right now and coming at them strongly, galvanizing a team and really trying to take that mountain together. It's exciting. That is such a good like illustration of looking out the window, not looking in the mirror, because I, I totally can, can see moments where I've done that, where I've thought, well, we just need to you know, not from a state of, well, how can we calmly and and really move forward with clarity? I can I can see how I would go, oh, well, we just need to do this new thing or this person needs to do this or this person needs to do this training so that they can be upskilled in this or we need to deal with this client thing now. And it and everything feels more urgent and like, well, we just need to like reactive, I guess. And so I think the idea of I love the idea of, okay, well, how can I elevate the people who work with me and work in our team? And also I think for anyone who's listening who is like a solopreneur, you're running your own thing, I feel like there's also this thing in now I've realised, Rowan, that with my – like with what we do with the podcast, our social media, the emails that we send – there is an element of being a leader in that community as well, which is quite different to leading in a team setting. Mm. But I think for a lot of people, they probably don't even realize that they're a leader. Mm. Do you find that a lot of small business owners kind of think, oh, no, I'm a technician or I'm a manager, but I'm not a leader? Does that come up? Yeah, a lot. And it, it comes up in a number of different areas. It comes up in, firstly, in the in the workplace where you're looking to develop a pipeline and a depth of, of bench when it comes to leadership mindsets and skill sets. And I think the mistake that we make is we, in these environments, is we think that leadership is learned by osmosis. If you're around it, you'll figure it out. And I reckon yeah. we've got to be a lot more purposeful and a lot more explicit about helping people make that jump from being good at their jobs to being influential as leaders. Um, I think the other thing is one of the roles of a leader, I believe, is to actually 
notice the capabilities of the people around them and and name them. I, I, wow, I just noticed the way you understood that problem and articulated it back to the team. That was fantastic. That's a great leadership skill. I really appreciated the way that you saw that, that, that Alison wasn't doing so well and you checked in after her. That is really valuable to us. That's a great leadership skill. So sometimes we look at our, our what I call superpowers and we think to ourselves, doesn't everybody do them? And the everybody else is on everybody else is on the outside going, no, you're really good at that. You know, yeah. I tell I tell this story. I'll I'll do the sixty second version. Back in the day, my little girl, who's twelve, just just recently turned twelve, she was uh, turning five across the Christmas uh, holidays and starting school. Now, my objective with her was to give her a number of experiences to help her understand she had independent decision-making opportunities because she was about to start school. So we're riding our bikes along the uh, the Manly foreshore and uh, she's this petite little four years and 11 months old <laughs> girl and she the first couple of days I said you ride behind mummy and I'll push your brother in the pram and we'll all meet at the beach and she said okay daddy so she rode along after a couple of days I said how'd that go she goes it's gone really well I said well I think you might be ready to go in front I think you might be ready to be the leader and daddy can ride behind you and make sure you're okay she goes, I think I am, Daddy. And I said, I <laughs> know, oh, that's crazy. But as a metaphor, it's, it's magical. We just get to this little bit where, where it goes up the hill where we turn off Manly Beach and onto the pathway to go to Shelley Beach. For anybody that knows it in Australia, uh, you've got to, you've, if you ever come and visit, go to Manly. Uh, and she's in, in, about four metres in front of me and I yell out. I said, Zazi, her name's Zariah. I said, Zazi, you're being a wonderful leader. And she just sits up off the seat of her bike and she turns around and she goes, I am, aren't I, Daddy? And... <laughs> But it reminded me that I saw her doing something that was worth naming and worth encouraging. And I don't think we do enough of that. So just that at the informal level. And then there's a whole other layer of the formal conversations we can have about self-awareness, mindset, skill set, conflict resolution, communication, uh, influence, all the various things that we can learn along the way. So uh, and I hold to the view... John Maxwell said leadership's influence and I hold I hold to that view so I think if you're not comfortable with labeling yourself as a leader then ask yourself the question well where are you having influence and how can you increase the quality and the quantity of that influence because there you will discover your leadership ah that is so good and I think the naming that's such a practical thing we can do with our team, like where we can actually just say, oh, you did this thing and that that was really cool because of X, Y, Z. And I, for me, I know I love seeing one of, have you, I'm sure you have done this. Have you done Strengths Finder, Rowan? Yep. yep. So one of my strengths is there, it's like maximizer, strategic, uh, includer, I don't know what the, individualization. So I love when I can see someone in their zone and, and in their sweet spot and whether that's in our team or our clients or our students, when I can see that they've got something and they're like, yes, okay, cool, I can go and do this now. For me, that is like, that just really lights me up. It really energizes me. But 
I don't think I've ever probably been very intentional about articulating to someone. I might internally go, that's awesome. I'm so glad they're doing that. But just verbally saying it makes a big difference. That's such a like mind blown moment. Yeah, it feels it feels a bit counter. Uh, it feels like yeah, I should be doing that a whole lot more. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, and and I use the mantra: if I see it in them, say it to them. If I see it in them, say it to them. And uh, and I always try and identify the skill, and I always try and articulate how that contributes to what we're doing and where we're going. And yeah. uh, it's uh, it's you know even with. Um, our two kids, we, we always use the word superpower. I go, how did you know that? You know, that's a real superpower right there. And, yeah. uh, and so because people, you know, life and lockdowns and isolations and, and, and various other things that are going on, they can stop us from believing that we've got something fabulous to bring to the world. And I think one of the great privileges of leadership is naming it and calling people up to that place where they can really – they can mm. have a real energy and a real sense of uh, a real sense of confidence around their contribution, and that is yeah. one of the most beautiful privileges of leadership. Yeah, and do you think if you're an insecure leader, do you think that that part of the process just becomes nearly impossible? Because oh, if I tell them they've done that really well, then that takes away from me. Like, is how does insecurity and, and having your own confidence play into how you lead? Yeah, I think formation and maturity are really important parts. Mm. Like they're very important pillars of life, not just very yeah. important <laughs> pillars of leadership, right? You uh, and and no one, no one, you know, the, your closest friends know your what your what we call superpowers and kryptonites. You know, they know what you bring that's that's world class, and they know what you bring that they just eye roll over and go, "There's <laughs> Rowan, there he goes again," you know. <laughs> But there's no doubt, and you know, I, I resemble that remark in many ways. There's no doubt, you know, my my wiring that I was unaware of, and my insecurities really tripped me up in leadership um, yeah. for many many years. And uh, I use a an assessment tool called the Voices, and and uh, from Giant Worldwide, and we roll this out with clients and organisations, and it uses uh, named voices for particular styles of leadership turns out I'm you know the two loudest voices I'm <laughs> the, the two most forceful voices the, the the at their best I can ideate create and inspire people to move towards the future at their worst I'm just plain destructive and uh <laughs> and and this is when you know that you know we talked a bit earlier before about looking in the mirror and out the window that becomes really important if yeah. I don't if I don't address my insecurities, my lack of formation, my immaturity and my bad habits, I will instantly create a ceiling to my leadership because people will go, yeah, he's an okay guy, but I just don't want to work with him. And I've actually had that happen. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, you talk about the steps and missteps. You know, I, I imploded a career through lack of self-awareness and, uh, you know, and, and so I'm, deeply committed to people understanding this about themselves, the work that we're doing at, at, at PT, being able to roll this out to organisations, leaders, executives, and and helping people understand what a great team looks like. What, what does returning to work 
place look like? What do all these things look like? And that's what we're helping with. And we obsess about this stuff because doing it wrong after two years of, of what the world has experienced is really costly. And I think we need to try and avoid yeah. that at all costs. I'm, I'm getting passionate talking to you about no, it. No, <laughs> I love it. I love it. And so on that journey where you kind of imploded your career because of a lack of self-awareness, how did that like, how did you become aware of that in the first place? Did someone say, Rowan, you need to work on this? Or how did that kind of, how did you start that journey of working on that? Well, I, I was aware of it, but the, 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 the fast track was I lost my job. You know, I lost what I'd given two decades of my life to. And um, in addition to losing that, I lost the community, I lost the connection, I lost the relationships, I lost the, you know, the, the, the standing. It mm. all disappeared. Um, and uh, so it was a huge price to pay, but I contributed to that. And I contributed to that because I wasn't aware of what happened to me under pressure, stress and extreme stress. And, uh, and that became apparent to me and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fortunate person. I've got a, a wonderful family and, you know, with the, I've, I've quite honest about it, you know, with the help, I've, I've had professional help. Um, you know, my, I, I tell people my therapist's a legend and uh, <laughs> I still – and you still need to get that in context because yeah. in the end I'm never going to lead past my ability to be healthy, mature and well in myself – and uh, not that I necessarily walk around the workplace or walk around clients' offices uh, telling them everything that I'm, I'm, uh, that's going on inside me, but they're still going on inside me. And what I find is that that's true for most people. Most yeah. of us have a question about imposter syndrome. Most of us have a question about, is this any good? Most of us has a, have a question about, um, are people going to accept me or pay my fee or think what I've done is good? Like they're, they're, they're these base human questions that we ask. And if we don't work out what we do naturally that either enhances our, our skills or undermines our skills, then we don't really know why we're succeeding or failing. And I think this is really important. You, you talk about this. Tribes are really important. I mean, yeah. Lala Social Club is a tribe. People can belong, be part of it, feel like there's a sense not just of support from the organisation itself but from the people in it. Business chicks, yeah. thought leaders, EO, there's various other ways of, of being able to encourage people and, you know, leadership's a contact sport and you don't want to be doing it alone. I want someone to be able to look at me now and say, hey, Ro, are you doing okay because? And then they name a, a, a behavior that's not resourceful. And I go, actually, you know what? I'm going to own it and I'm going to mm. apologize for it. I'm going to back up and I'm going to do better next time. And it's much more that humanity and recognizing that, you know, you're you're a great guy, Rowan, but you're not perfect and you're not whole and you've got work to do. And as long as we can see you authentically making that effort, we're going to run with you. And uh, I, I think that's what I encourage leaders to be, to be that sense of real and authentic, but still courageous and stepping forward. Oh, that's so good because it does feel this, and I know this might feel like a bit of a weird diversion, but it can feel like, oh, if I set one foot wrong, it could all, like, I feel like in business, particularly in online business, there's this sense of like, oh, if I do something wrong, 
am I going to get cancelled? Is this going to happen? Like, am I going to have this response in the market? Or is anyone going to buy my things? You know, can I pay my, my staff? All these things that are, I feel like in a small business owner, they're are a lot of these underlying questions that happen where we go, oh my goodness, I, I've got to be the manager, I've got to be the leader, I've got to be the technician, and I've got to be the Instagram person who responds to everyone's messages. And so it can feel like we're at our bandwidth. And so I think the idea of having a bit of, um, I think having a bit of grace for one another as well to go, hey, I'm going to take your feedback and I'm also, I'm going to do something about it. I'm not going to get defensive. I'm actually going to do the work, but I'm not going to hide until I'm perfect. Because I think some people go, I'm just going to completely retreat until I've got this figured out, or I can't launch a course until I've got this figured out. All these things that I think we think about, right? And I think there's two sides to that. One is the well, the discretion around who do you tell what when, okay? Yeah. So, you know, the role of the leader is not to go around telling everybody everything about their fears and failures and failings. I, sh- I share, I openly share my story because I'm prepared to take full responsibility for it, but I am not defined by it. Yeah. And that's the big difference. I've learned from it, but I'm not defined by it. And I really believe the contribution that I can make to organizations, executives, leaders, and teams in the future is multiplied times better because of those experiences. And John John, John Maxwell, he's a, he's a hero of mine. Jim Rowan's a hero of mine. There's a, a few others that I was listened to voraciously. Brene Brown, I think, is a leader in the space of holding those tensions, and she's doing a great job of it even at the moment navigating uh, the tensions on Spotify. And, and yeah. so, you know, I see those things, but one of the things that you've got to exercise uh, as a leader is wisdom. I don't walk in and bleed all over my team. I walk in and lead my team, but in the right environment, I need, when I need somebody to, you know, hold the mirror up to me and say, here's a few areas, Rowan, that becomes very, very important. It's why community is important. It's why belonging to a tribe is important because they can help you and stretch you and invite more from you. And, you yeah. know, like a, like a good gym class, you want to get taken all the way to the edge and just a little bit further by somebody that believes you can. Uh, leadership's exactly the same. It's inappropriate to, to, to be unhealthily spilling all over everyone in the workplace and oversharing. And uh, so finding those, those balanced, mature, wise lines is very important. Yeah. But it's equally important not to try and be something you're not. People see straight through it. And <laughs> yeah. They yes. see straight, straight through it and, and they just, they're not going to buy it because they yeah. don't believe it. And so we've got to walk that line and hold that tension. And I think that is a beautiful human tension. Uh, totally. I totally agree with that. And I think, so when you're saying, so someone holding up the mirror to you, for instance, would that be a peer or a coach or is that someone on your team? Like how does that kind of play out if, if we're thinking about the practicality of this? Yeah, in the right, in the right environment, it could be all of those. So yeah. I, I want to be able to um, have a conversation with somebody who reports to me and invite them to a place where they can make me better. Yeah. 
and and really just try and explore and understand that. Now, that can sometimes be hard in particular workplaces with power differentials, but the kind of leader that I want to be and we want to create are leaders that are actually willing to, to say, okay, let's let's work on on feedback. It's challenging and it's important, and we need to be able to have that on, on every level. At the same time, you might go and pursue something that you know you need, so you go and get it from a mentor or a coach or a peer or, or somebody that's already demonstrating the ability to be match fit in that area. So that becomes an important part of the conversation. So the answer is, as long as you've got the right way of it working, you can pretty much look for and get feedback from people in any place and any level. Mm. And it seems like, Rowan, what you're saying is if as a leader you're humble, you kind you kind of have the makings of a good leader because you can ask for feedback, you can still have the confidence. It's not insecurity. It's the confidence still at the same time to go, okay, well, there are things I don't know, but I'm going to figure it out and we're going to go – I feel confident that we can go in the right direction and and you can bring other people along and bring other people up without it feeling like it's all that takes from me. Yeah. Look, I use this this imagery uh, with people and, and when we train in leadership and I say leadership is circles and triangles. A circle is where power is shared, opinions are equal and everybody has a say. A triangle is when someone's at the top that makes a decision and we do what we're told. And teams need both and leadership is both. And the challenge isn't, is leadership inclusive, building consensus, listening to people, engaging, or is leadership directive and giving vision and pointing direction? Leadership's both. The problem is created when we should be one or the other, when, you know, when there's a mismatch. And so I think leaders need to be humble and confident. Leaders mm. need to be authentic and courageous. Le- you know, we've got this and therein lies the art and the beauty and the tension, I think, of being a leader. And that's been exacerbated because it's hard to figure that out over a screen. It's hard to figure out why yeah. somebody's facial expression or a mannerism or why their camera's off. And so we tell we tell stories to ourselves. So we need ways to resolve that. So you know, this is, I, the longer I lead and the more I teach leaders and the more we deliver these programs here at PT, it, it's, it's less one thing and more a, a relationship of things and more looking at what's going on in context right now and what we can solve together. And on the, on the working, you know, online with so many people working online now, so many people running remote teams and people just selling their offices and being like, hey, like <laughs> mm. get a webcam and we're doing it all online because most of our listeners run small a, a lot of remote teams how do we because one of your things is building culture worth reproducing how do we actually intentionally set culture are there any practical things we can do when our team is working remotely to set the culture and maintain the culture yeah it's such a good question and a really important one to grapple with because what how do we grieve the losses of not being able to meet together how do we how do mm. and how do we reestablish the rhythms with potentially 60% of our working week going to be done virtually how do we how do we respond to that and how and how do we purposefully lead people through that 
And over the last couple of years, we've had clients that have successfully navigated that. In fact, at Pragmatic Thinking, we've got a program called the Virtual Leader Program. And it actually talks about how to create the connections, the culture, the rhythms, the rituals, the communication that actually creates the space for an ongoing sense of engagement into, into what we're doing, an ongoing sense of I'm part of this. And a lot of that comes back to, and you use the word, a lot of that comes back to intentionality, where mm. we as a team identify who we're going to be and what we're going to do as a team. We identify those things, we agree on them, we commit to them, we hold each other accountable to them. And you've got to be really intentional for a team to be able to articulate that. You've got to be really intentional for a team to understand what its identity is inside the virtual world. How do we actually support, encourage, communicate? What do we do with all of those things? Um, so one of the things that I teach leaders is, you know, if you need me, text me. If I'm available, you'll hear back. If it's urgent, call me. If it's information, email me. So yeah, we go, okay, that. here's so we've but if we're if we're articulate about that and you ring me, I say to myself, that's urgent because you're ringing me. But you're not ringing me and leaving a voicemail that says, hey, Rowan, um, when you get a chance, can you get back to me? Because that's not helpful for me. You know, you're yeah. either you're either leaving a voicemail or not leaving a voicemail, but leave me enough information to be valuable to you when we talk. Again, you've got to be deliberate about having those conversations. Um uh, yeah. What time do you have your, your, your check-in meeting? Um, are there times where we all agree we're not interrupting each other? All of these things that happen in the virtual world need to be articulated. They need to be discussed. They need to be agreed on. And they're not going away anytime soon. We're, I mean, you know, exclusive to La La Social Club, we're working on a, a piece of work at the moment that we're calling Reteam because – Teams need to relearn how to team. And, yes. uh, and so we've got these two big game changer questions, which is who do we want to be as a team and what's it like to be on the other side of me? And we've got those two big questions and we're helping teams navigate their way through those experiences and to answer those questions to say, okay, in the hybrid world that we're likely to be living in, how will we function? And teams are really empowered when they do it together and they're articulate and clear about it. Oh, Rowan, that's so <laughs> yes. good. That's so helpful and so practical because I think- Thank you. You know, a lot of people online, you're, you're on Slack, you're on your project management thing, and you can miss the nuance of, oh, this person's a bit flat today or they're, you know, they're tired or they're frustrated or they're, they're stuck on something. And I think the idea of having kind of like a, like a, it's like you've got a traffic light system for your text me, email me, call me. It's like that lets me know as the leader, okay, well, what am I walking into here and mm. do I need to stop what I'm doing to, to deal with this? Oh, well, um, I, I'm working with an executive, chief executive, who lets everybody interrupt him all the time. So I've said you've got to finish your working day at six and you need two mornings a week where there are no interruptions. 
It's turning him inside out to try and do that, but it's really helping. He's more productive. He's communicating to his team. He's getting the job done, various other things that are happening, but it's still hard work. Yeah. And I guess that's where we get caught in the reactive thing, especially in the virtual remote thing, because we don't get tone or we don't get any of that stuff that's so, so important. Let let me just say one more thing. One of the things I do and I encourage people to do is use the voice function on messages because then people hear your tone of voice, right? So I go, hey, it's Rowan. I'm not upset. In fact, I'm doing really, really well, but I know you can't read tone in type because then you put it in. So here's my voice. Um, Have a great day. (laughs) Yeah, so it's it's really useful. And isn't that so interesting because it's – I often think like I can communicate as clearly and I really value communication and I can communicate as clearly as I want, but it kind of is like it's 50% how I say it and 50% how they receive it. So I can be like, oh, cool. I said that really, that was nice. That was, that was me just being like, Ooh, everything's good. And they're on the other end. And this, uh, this happens to me all the time where I'm like, that person's cut, like they're annoyed. And it's like, they're not, but, or they might be, uh, but it's hard to tell online for sure. Um, so Rowan, I want to know before we finish up, what do you think are the resources or books or podcasts about leadership that have changed your life? Do you have like a top books that everyone should read or whatever? Oh, well, I'm, I've got, you know, I've been around a little while. Um, and so I've got, you know, I've got a breadth. So I've got some ancients, you know, so I, I got all the way back to Robert Greenleaf around the servant leader. Um, that's yeah. an absolute classic. And then I go through to uh, to early '90s, picking up John Maxwell's book, "Developing the Leader Within You." Yeah, and um, it's not even his his best written book, and it it radically radically impacted me because the content of the book resonated with how I was wired. Yeah. Fast forward uh, a decade to Good to Great, which is now 20 years old, but we still talk about it like it was a yes. book we read yesterday. Um, <laughs> And then more recently, very impacted by Cal Newport's work, Adam Grant's work, Brene Brown's work, James Clear's work, yeah. Near Ayal. We actually interviewed Near Ayal for our podcast and awesome. uh, so Indistractable and Hooked. And uh, there are just some incredible things that are being written right right now. I've got some profoundly wonderful friends. Janine Garner's written some wonderful books for uh, women in business. Shane Hatton has a new business a book coming out on culture conversations, and and uh, these are all happening. And Darren and Allison wrote a, a book uh, last year called Work From Anywhere and Pragmatic Thinking, uh, pu- published that through Wiley, and that's been very, very well received. So there's just a whole series of, of, of different um conversations. I love listening to uh, the Kerry Newhoff Leadership Podcast. Yeah. Um, I love I, uh, Martin Moore's podcast, The No Bullshit Leader, is really, really good. Um, yeah. I, He's I, awesome. I, 
yeah, I specked up on La La Social Club and uh, <laughs> kind of stalked through the, uh, the Jack Delosas and the Colin Boyds and the Nicholas Stones and the Bossy Copy was excellent, you know. So <laughs> yes. there's, there's those. And, uh, and so I, I really try and pick the eye teeth out of a lot of those resources. I'm, I've joined Masterclass online, uh, LinkedIn Learning, I uh, just gravitate towards those things. What I will say about that is this one thing. Look for the thematic things that you are attracted to. I'm attracted to leadership, communication, culture, capability development, and what and you know what's going on right now. And so yeah. I more or less focus on those things. I don't read too much about you know Minecraft and various other uh, things that my my nine year old son's really into at the moment. So <laughs> I, I just can't. Uh, but I, I stay in my lane and I try and go as deep as I can. That's such good advice because there's so much content. It's like, ah, where do I start? We're going to make a list of all of those recommendations and we're going to pop those in the show notes. Roel, we're going to finish with rapid fire questions. I've got three questions and the goal is for them to be rapid. This is the, this is the goal. We're going to see how it goes. Though. Got it. Finish this sentence. Success looks like. When other people get the fact that they can lead lead well and positively impact others, that gives me goosebumps. Ah, that's amazing. What is one thing small business owners need to stop doing today? Based on the last couple of years, you need to stop medicating the challenges and actually begin to ask yourselves the question because it gets real tough for people and real lonely and ask yourselves the question, are my current rhythms, rituals and disciplines taking me where I want to go or is the bag of chips and the glass of red wine dragging me back? Oh, we could have a podcast episode on that mm -hmm. alone. Okay, yep. we're going we're gonna to come back to that one day. <laughs> and final question, the biggest piece of advice that you wish you knew when you started your business? Yeah, Jim Rohn said this, I will look after me for you, please, if you will look after you for me. The whole place of personal and professional responsibility. Leadership starts with taking personal and professional responsibility for how I show up and who I am in my professional life, my personal life, my life and my leadership. I will look after me for you if you will please look after you for me. Rowan, you're incredible. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Honestly, I'm like trying great. to... I love that this is recorded because I can go back and listen, but I'm like trying to scribble down notes as you're talking. Where can people follow you? Where can people engage with you and, and also check out Pragmatic Thinking? Yeah, well, the, uh, the organization that I'm part of, Pragmatic Thinking now, so we're at pragmaticthinking.com. I'm uh, Rowan at pragmaticthinking.com. LinkedIn is probably the best place to make, uh, make business connections. And I make a little bit of noise on, on Facebook and Instagram as well, but not a lot. Uh, it's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, um, but uh, they're, they're really the, the best places and um, we'd love to hear from you. Incredible. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much, Laura. Well, there you go. That is the play-by-play -play for this week. Head on over to the show notes if you want to access any of those books, podcasts, or any of those resources that Rowan mentioned. Also, if you want to check out Pragmatic Thinking and if you want to follow Rowan on Instagram, I've popped all of the links in those show notes for you so you can do all of your fun things there. Now, if you love this episode, 
please share it. Share it with your business buddies. Share it with someone who you know will love it. Make sure that you tag myself and tag Rowan because we'd love to see your posts and love to hear what you thought of this conversation. I hope that you have a wonderful week. I will see you back here same time, same place next week. But in the meantime, my friend, you know what to do. Go get them.